We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Week 9 Roto-Grinders NFL Daily Fantasy Recap Show, uh, also affectionately known as the Gilcast. We are minus one fishy friend this week as Sammy Reed was out, you know, in the desert doing, like, weird baseball stuff. I, I don't I don't know the exact specifics of the Arizona Fall League, but that's I mean, where he is. He was able to make this workout, so I think he chose not to be on tonight's. I think he's literally on his flight right now is the issue. I think he's like actually on an airplane right now, which is why he's not texting us back about how bad his lineup was today. I am, of course, Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock here with Nate Noling. Uh, N-O-H-L-I-N-G. I'm trying to help you boost your uh, your follower count up, you know. Thanks, just, bro. Uh, just a little bit. Um, Nate, man, how was your Sunday? Um, it was, it was all right. I mean, in cash, I bubbled. So got some back, not all a little tilt and close with this new Orleans LA game. I was, I was literally, I was, I was actually, this is the first time all year we are to week nine. This is the first time all year where I was anti sweating my cash lineup because I had a GPP lineup that was so good. My, I was, I was profiting well into the four figures and then Michael Thomas lineup, the Michael Thomas, I think it was a 72 yard touchdown comes down. And while I had Michael Thomas in cash, that, uh, that swing of that, that touchdown basically brought my winnings down by about uh, 600%. 
Yeah, that, that swing was tilting because in cash, it was so owned. It wasn't a swing enough for me. And then in GBP, it took everything I had out because I was so heavy fading on MT in, in tournaments. It definitely swung so, enough for me in cash. Because you went with the Cooks wood swap. Yeah, like it, that, that play brought my cash lineup from, making, from being unprofitable in terms of just that lineup too. I think I, I, think I probably made like 15% in cash with that. The good thing is um, that I made more money than Sammy Reed did this week because Sammy Reed had the fishiest, and it was fishy from I mean, eleven thirty. I told, I told him I told him before the lineups locked. I was like, yeah. that lineup is bad. It was eleven thirty, and I literally was like, is Sammy hungover in 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 Arizona? Like, what is he doing? I don't know. Sammy, Sammy Reed played Adrian Peterson cash games. <laughs> 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 and I need I need. I need everyone listening to this. No, we're not bullying him. Like this isn't like, he's not going to listen to this and be like, wow, those guys are being mean. I told him to his, his phone, I guess not to his face, but I told him before lineups lock, I was like, that is bad. And you should feel bad for making that play. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty bad. He got bailed out a little bit where his score did get into the hundreds because of the Vikings D, but his lineup was egregious. Can I read it? Yeah, read it before we get into ours. Read Sammy's lineup. Okay. Uh, so Sammy went uh, Cam, which is fine. Um, then he went Gurley, uh, Ingram, AP oh. as his three running backs. Ingram, so bad. And then his receivers, Jarvis Landry, Cooper Cup, Sutton, Rudolph at tight end, and Vikings D. So he played three chalk players in his whole lineup, I guess, right? Or well, I guess I mean, Gurley, so four. So he faded Thomas, he faded Kamara, and he faded Wood three, slash Cooks. Well, yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I don't actually have a huge issue with the cup play. I don't think it was good, but I don't think that was bad. The, the issue in his lineup is that he played Jarvis Landry, who was just not a good play. Yeah. Like not a good cash play at this point in time, and and he got bailed with the Vikings D. The I don't know how you play the Vikings D in cash. I thought that was, I mean, feels feel feels egregious that I just didn't just go Bears D in every lineup. Well, they were also forty one hundred, right? I mean, yeah, but the Bears D against Peterman, like what was going to happen? I think the two defense plays in cash this week were Chiefs or Broncos. That was really like all I looked at all week. I mean, I just played the cheapest defense because of what I ended up doing, which we can talk about right now. Um, so you went Fitzpatrick at quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Which, like, I thought that was good. I didn't think that was bad. I didn't even really like the cam play. I, I don't really even know why I made it. I, I actually wanted to go Goff at quarterback. I thought, I thought Goff was the best play. I'm just like a sh- stupid sheep. I just do what everyone else does at quarterback a lot of the time, so that's the only reason I played cam. Yeah, in cash, I really looked at two quarterbacks, and it was Goff or Fitz. I think I I understand the Cam thing, and I don't think Cam was a bad play at all. I just thought Goff and uh, Fitz were much better. I mean, Fitz was uh, – I mean, it's it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It's just this Tampa Bay offense. The fact is they're going to chuck. I mean, yeah, you just got to hope that they get the four quarters in. Because when they yeah. get the four quarters in, it doesn't matter if it's Winston or Fitzpatrick. They're both going to ball Yeah, out. they're just going to ball. I mean, it doesn't matter. And you're going to get them at 5,500 because people think the quarterbacks suck. And it, I don't know. I thought Fitz – yeah, I had Fitz in tournaments a ton. I had Fitz in cash. I was on Fitz week one. I was on Fitz week two. I've been on Tampa Bay quarterbacks like 
I think almost every week. You're, you are not sharp for playing him in week one, though, because you, you, yeah. you didn't know it was about the offense. Literally, literally, you just were like, dude, he had six touchdown game that one time. No, no. I played him because of the eight odds of all his rivals. I mean, I played him because of his, his weapons. I played him because of his weapons. I'm, yeah, I'm a which I guess, which I guess a, is like a big. Godwin's, Evans, Howard, Djax. I mean, he's got, yeah, him and him and Deshaun Watson are going to be the two guys that I play a ton this year. Yeah, so I mean, no, no issue with that in any way. Like, I, I think that was, I think that was fine. I don't think deviating from the Cam chalk was bad. And Cam, I mean, Cam probably could have had forty. He, he, like, just ran so bad. They had the fullback touchdown. They had the Curtis Samuel rushing touchdown. They had, uh, he had a rushing touchdown called back that turned into a McCaffrey touchdown, I believe. Uh, and then, you know, he just like Tampa Bay was so bad for three quarters that they didn't ha- pick up any urgency in play calling at, at, at any point. So he just chilled. He's just straight up chilled to 20. Yeah. yeah I think the cam thing was, it was, but he like, he like, actually, I need people to know, like he could have had 40 if, yeah. they, if he had ran on the good side of variance instead of the wrong side. Yeah. Cam wasn't a bad play. I, I think where I have an issue with, uh, with Sammy's lineup were his running backs and AP and Mark Ingram. Like, yeah. So we both, so when I started the day, I had Chubb, Gurley, Kamara. So I had to yep. swap cause my lineup was pretty bad at, uh, at the end of the noon games. But so, so then I have, was different. I was different. I was, I had three running backs. It was Chubb, Lindsay and Gurley. So Lindsay was the one that I was shocked at how low his ownership was. Well, everyone, everyone got off of Lindsay for Chubb. Yeah, so I kept Chubb. I had Lindsey. I think Chubb was the one that everybody was like feeling kind of thin on. I was pretty confident that Chubb was going to have one of the highest rushing attempt shares of the week. I think I had him like projected for third because, I mean, I was texting you and Sammy about it. I was like, you know, two weeks ago he had 75% uh, rushing share. Last week it was 88 or 85% rushing share. I said I can confidently project a 4.5K running back for above 75% of his rushing attempt share, and he did. I think he ended up with um, 88% of the rushing attempt share. I think he was second on the – Yeah, the but hit, and Duke just – Duke had 30, though. Well, yeah, Duke had all the reception work, which, I mean, it's I'm glad just from an overall NFL fan standpoint that Cleveland started to realize that getting Duke Johnson the ball is a plus EV move. But, um, I mean, Chubb was, still, they Chubb was still, fine. They run the ball way too much, though. Even yeah. this new coaching staff, they ran the ball. They should have had, like, 55 passing attempts in this game. Yeah. Chubb, had, Chubb had 22 rushing attempts, and he had the second, the second highest in the week, 88% rushing attempt share, only behind, um, only behind James Conner. So I was totally fine with the Chubb play at 4.5. And the Lindsey thing, I mean, I don't know. He had 17 rushing attempts, and he was third in the league this week with – 85% of his team's rushing attempt share. The issue was Booker got a rushing touchdown. Yeah. Like because Lindsay had carried, it got the ball down there and then was pulled. So like, if didn't, Lindsay, he, didn't Lindsay fumble too at some point, maybe? I don't think I, Lindsay, I was, I was flipping between a bunch of games. No, Booker fumbled and I thought Booker was going to get pulled. Booker didn't get pulled. Booker then got it. Uh, the Lindsay touchdown that, uh, that was tilt. But I mean, yeah, Lindsay, what did Lindsay end up getting on DK? 10.4. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it was it was a bummer, but like, so the guy I played that with that salary was not at the running back position, but I played Kenny Galladay for yeah. basically that salary for the for the same fifty five hundred. Lindsey actually outscored him, 
this was pro- I think this is probably the worst game I've ever seen Matt Stafford play. He he was he was horrible at every level. He, Dude, he, the line was egregious. He was sacked what ten times? I think so. Yeah, like like. And I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I should feel bad about playing Galladay against the Vikings or whatever. And like, I like the fancy play thing I did. So, so I played. Uh, my wide receivers were. It started out being Robert Woods, Kenny Galladay, Cortland Sutton, and I had to swap to Cooks because my lineup was so bad. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I should feel bad about playing Galladay over Marvin Jones or not. I I don't know if I would feel bad about it. I just think. It was definitely I mean, I it was earlier. definitely fancy play. Like, yeah, like I told you before Locke that I thought MJ was a better play. I think he I don't know, Marvin Jones, I think, had a better target projection, had higher T equity. See, I thought Galladay, Galladay, I thought Galladay definitely had the better touchdown equity based off of what I was like projecting for him based on this role change. And I actually would say after watching a bunch of that game, it ended up it was randomly on red zone a bunch. He was out there when they had one wide receiver out there. And he was in the slot a bunch. So, like, I don't feel that bad about playing him, I guess, because I, I think I was right in the sense that they this trade is an indication that they want to use him more. But, uh, I mean, the, the the Lions team effort overall was so poor. I just don't think he stood a chance. Yeah, I mean, you are right. He actually ended up with a slightly higher uh, expected touchdown reception in this game then uh, based on his air yards and where he was targeted. He had, well, one of those targets was like a throwaway target where he was the closest guy in the end zone. So that's probably a little skewed. Like he, yeah. he was in the end zone and Stafford threw it in his general direction, but it was not catchable. Yeah. So Marvin Jones had eight targets where Colladay had four um, with uh, Marvin Jones had 73 air yards and Galladay had 52. So, I mean, I don't think Galladay was a, was a bad play. I just, the swap that me and you had was I had, um, I had Lindsay and Thomas and you would have had Camara and Galladay, right? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And I just felt better about like the Lindsay workload and the Tom- Thomas workload than I did about the Camara workload plus. Well, I'm going to, even though I didn't end up playing Kamara, I, I should, I think that you should feel bad for not having planned on playing Kamara. Like, yeah, you might be right. The people who, like the Sammy Reed people who thought that Mark Ingram was a big factor, like just didn't, I don't think they had a conception of what the team was doing. Mark Ingram had, I think, five touches when um, the, the Vikings game was within a touchdown. Like, Kamara is is just very clearly still the guy. I think people are still kind of thrown off the scent from that Washington game, actually. Like, I think that is still – because it was an island game, I think that's still really in people's heads. And the Vikings game was an island game, too, when Ingram was getting all those touches late. And mm-hmm. uh, But I think Kamara is still – I think he is – the second most valuable guy in the Saints offense, but I think his touchdown equity every week is higher than Thomas's. Yeah, I mean, I the Saints team is is so tough because they have so many weapons. Like, yeah, you got to tilt Taysom Hill and Ben Watson and Zach Lyon every week. I mean, the Taysom Hill thing is like, how many touches did he even get this week? Though I feel like it was actually less. I, th- I think he only got three. I'm pulling up uh, New Orleans. Uh, stats from this week right now i i think how much did he get so i mean yeah camara had camara had 19 rushing attempts to ingram's 10 and then camara had five targets compared to ingram's two i mean ingram is ingram is dust man 
I, I'm, I'm like, not, I'm not worried about him. No, but it's not about, okay, here's the thing. Regardless of what you think about Ingram, Kamara only had 54% of his team's rushing attempts with 13% of his team's targets. I so think like, if, he was, if he was like 8K, yeah, but they, they gave you a giant price reduction on him. But when you compare that to guys like James Conner, guys like Kareem Hunt, guys like in the same price range, it's hard for me to go to Kamara because you need that crazy touch. I mean, I think, I think Connor and Hunt were also both really good plays today, and I wouldn't have argued. My, my argument is that I think you did a bad thing in the 2v2 by going with the expensive wide receiver and the cheap running back when I think you should have gone with the cheap wide receiver and the expensive running back. I think that was a, a flaw from your yeah. end. If, if I would have paid up for running back, I would have gone either Hunt or Connor. I had both Hunt and Connor projected higher than Kamara. I, I don't think I was going to end on Kamara just because regardless of what you feel about Ingram, like Hunt and Connor's workload is just so much better. Connor's just like, dude, this Connor thing is nuts. I don't know why we aren't playing Connor all the time. He was my, he was the cover boy of my GPP article this week. Big smash. He's a goat, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think you just, you yourself just outlined why the lineup you had built at noon was bad. Yeah. Like, not that I think Thomas was a bad play. I don't think that is, I don't think that is the case at all. I just think that like the, the hunt Marvin Jones or the, the Connor Marvin Jones or the Kamara Marvin Jones lineup is clearly better than the Thomas and Lindsay. Yeah, not, and not even like not even. Obviously, I think Thomas was a phenomenal play, but I mean, you and I both mentioned it though. Like we we ended up with him in cash, but didn't have him at all in GPP. So I think that shows some level of us like not having total one hundred percent confidence in his ceiling anymore, which obviously mm-hmm. looks dumb now. Yeah, where I had a lot of Lindsay and stuff in, in GPP. Still, I thought Lindsay's had and it. I started out the week really liking Lindsay. But just like when I, when I kind of looked at, like I looked at projections this morning at like a bunch of different websites and not, not points, but all of these different sites that actually do like touch projections had Lindsay as I, or had Chubb as either the highest or the second highest carry totals of the week. So I was just like, I don't know. I think you got to get them in based on that. Yeah. I mean, but Lindsay still had 85% of the team's rushing attempts at 5k, 5, right, but, Ch- 5. but Chubb was thousand dollars less. Yeah, I mean, I had both. Yeah. So I, but I think, and I just think the DK scoring, because like Lindsay, you know, the, the Booker, like the point you made on the show last week, the Booker receiving work thing definitely is real. Yeah. I was, I mean, Booker got the rushing touchdown this week too, which sucked. Yeah. That's tilt. That was the tilt. Cause, you know, they finally get the ball in the, <sighs> yeah. I don't, I don't okay. Do we should, no. we should give Sammy this though. He played Jeff Hireman. Who, who actually led the Broncos in targets and had 83 receiving yards and a touchdown? No, I don't think he ended up playing Hireman. I thought he ended up playing Rudolph. No, I, maybe, I don't know. He wanted to play Hireman at some he point. He wanted to. No, he ended up playing Rudolph, yeah. which is funny because Hireman would have saved him. Well, helped no, him. No, no, wouldn't have saved him. Wouldn't have been enough. Yeah, he still had 35 points left in the cash line, I think. Yeah, so uh, did you debate Sutton at all? Because there were a lot of good cheap guys, like DJ Moore, Traquan. No. So you, yeah. I, I, I think I even had 100% Sutton in tournaments. I just It was one of those plays that I just – Yeah, I, I had 0% Sutton in tournaments. Regardless of ownership, I just thought Sutton was the safest. See, I of- thought Sutton was like a horrible tournament play because my, my thinking was – so Sutton obviously was uh, – 
you know, he was going to see an increase in snaps and an increase in volume, but it's not like the Broncos offense had, you know, was really all that good. And I think that there was also, I thought there was a pretty significant chance someone else would come in, not to get the targets, but to at least play the role. And what happened is Jeff Ironman just played the Demarius Thomas role in this game, Mm -hmm. like pretty randomly. But I just didn't think like the Case Keenum Broncos offense, I didn't think it had the same ceiling that the Traquan Smith, DJ Moore like scenarios were. So I just went those guys in tournaments instead of Sutton. I thought Sutton had the best floor out of all of them, but I went uh, Smith and Moore in tournaments. Yeah. And I went with the, um, the good more, not the bad more. And that was my, that was my GPP take all week was I said, everybody's playing the wrong more. It's not DJ Moore that you want. It's David Moore. Wow. Seattle actually threw passes today. Dude, David Moore has been out targeting DJ Moore every single game, more air yards. And he was like, I I didn't understand the DJ love other than just talent. Like, obviously, he gets gets like carries and stuff too. Okay, but he had, uh, yeah, DJ Moore had, it was tilt because I I thought like it was going to work out. He ended up getting seven targets. Um, seven targets for 60 air yards and only converted two receptions for 16 yards. It was a terrible game. Did, for... did, DJ, did DJ Moore not have a good game? I, I, I didn't end up with it. He wasn't DJ on any... Moore had two targets. Yeah. He wasn't on any of my good tournament teams. Yeah. I mean, I game script like totally went against him though. Yeah. But the cheap run or cheap wide receivers this week, I thought it was, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I had, I mean, there were a but, bunch of dudes who were in play. Yeah. I had Sutton the highest for sure. Then I think I had, then I had David Moore. Then I would have had Traquan right there. But Traquan was tough because, I mean, it was just touchdown or bust for him. I did See, I kind of, I kind of expected a larger role for him. Did Yeah. I, like, I like legitimately expected him to be, like, a real Saints wide receiver, too. And what happened was is they had Michael Thomas, and then, like, there was no one else had a meaningful target share outside of that. Yeah, like I mean, it was – and I also think – I mean, Chris Godwin's always right there at the four-something range where he's always in play. I don't think he did much today, but uh, I looked at Godwin a little bit in tournaments. But, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, overall it was tough because I, I ended up bubbling cash games. I What did I end with? 146.5, so it was like – So you didn't leave yourself a good swap either. I mean, I could have gone from Woods to Cup to Coop to whoever. I mean, I had all the swaps. The only people I had going in the early games was uh, – so after the – let's actually talk about that because I didn't think I needed to swap because after yeah, the early games – talk about it because I made a good swap. I For the first time in, in my history, I made the right swap. So after the early games, the only thing I had locked was Fitz, who put up 26 and outscored Cam, Chubb, who put up 16 at 4.5K and I thought was fine, and Rudolph, who was so chalky, I didn't think I mean, it mattered. Yeah. What, actually, do you have the $25 single entry double up open? Uh, I got the, I had the five pulled up. Let me pull up 25. Because I actually, I'll, I can pull it up too. Um, I want to know how owned he was. I got it, I got it pulled up right now. It's loading. Okay. Um, he was, Rudolph was 34% owned. Oh, 34%. wow. So, yeah. So I all I had locked. All I had locked was Fitz, Chubb, um, Rudolph, and Chiefs D. And so I was like, okay, Chiefs D ended up with six. Rudolph was obviously tilt at 
but I had Lindsay, Sutton, Thomas, Woods, and Gurley left. And I literally was like, with Fitz outscoring Cam and Cam being 40% owned and Chubb doing great at, uh, at 16, I thought I was fine. I, I literally thought I was going into afternoon games fine. I didn't think there was a need for a swap. Where you had the Cam tilt. Um, I, had a lot, I had a lot of tilt. And had a reason to do the swap. I did. I had, like, I I had I, Cam. I had Cam with twenty-one and Galladay at thirteen percent with eight. And yeah. I knew, and I knew that I was chasing a thirty-three-point game from Hunt at forty percent owned. So maybe I, maybe I thought I was doing okay after the. Yeah, I, I didn't. Well, it was I really your, your your swap equity should have been based on. Do you? Well, I guess you did you. I would have swapped in your lineup just because there's no way Lindsay was ever getting to hunt score. Lindsay, Lindsay was never matching in that spot. Yeah. I should have gone up to Kamara then and down at. You should, you should have went, what you should have done is you should have went Kamara cooks cup. Yeah. That's a leak in my game. Honestly, the swaps is, is a leak in my game because I'm such like a mathematical like swapping is hard for me, and I always just feel well, you, like I mean you're you're taking the worst of it. By yeah, the you're 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 making a suboptimal choice, just based on hoping that the range of outcomes goes your way. And so when I'm looking at a lineup with like thirty thousand left, and I have Gurley, Sutton, Michael Thomas, Robert Woods, and Philip Lindsay left, I have five holes left. I'm like, why would I swap? Why would I swap? I mean, it's like bailing from a hand when you, I, yeah. So. You know what no, I actually you know what I actually should have done? I don't know if the money would have worked, but I should have found a way to swap off a of Sutton. That actually would have made the most sense given my position. So my position after the noon games was I had Cam with 21, I had Chubb with 16. So those right there were okay. But then I had Galladay stuck with 8.4. I had Rudolph stuck with 4.8. And I had the Lions defense who only got six. You got so lucky to beat me. No, I didn't. I made the right de- I made the right decisions, and you you did not. You, you played Galladay. You, I mean, Galladay versus Marvin Jones was like, yes, it was thin, but I think I don't feel horrible about it. I but, think my wide receivers. So yeah, Sutton, who are the three Sutton, guys? Sutton, Thomas, and Woods. I think Dolphin. you have. I think. A, I think a leak you have is um, you really like to pay up for that second wide receiver. Like you like to pay the tax for that second wide receiver. And I think on DraftKings scoring specifically, I think that's a leak. I think that's something you should look at. Not in terms of like week to week, but I think you should run the numbers on like optimal lineup construction and see how often that ends up being like a cashing or optimal lineup. Because I, I just my intuitive sense coming from someone who does less rigorous mathematical analysis, but just plays a lot of DFS is that that is a lineup construction that like long-term is not EV on DraftKings. Yeah, you might be right. I, uh, yeah, I just thought Woods, I mean, I was not expecting Woods to be the lowest scoring of the three. Well, I mean, you can't, yeah. I mean, you can't control for that. So the, so I, okay. So getting to the point, the swap that I made was I, I started out with, Robert Woods and Alvin Kamara in my wide receiver and flex spots. And then I swapped from um, Robert Woods to Brandon Cooks and from Alvin Kamara to Michael Thomas. And boy, in the first half, did that Alvin Kamara swap feel bad? <laughs> Felt really, really bad. It didn't but what bad. I'm saying is your swap was like a 35 point or 30 point equity, right? Um, so Woods got what, 15 
and Kamara. No, Woods got 12.5. So Cooks basically doubled him up, and then Thomas outscored Kamara by 12. So, yeah, about 35 points. Yeah, so, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a huge swap. But that's not – that's a huge swap, but it's, like, also those are demonstrable things that you could say. Like, I think every week when Cooks is cheaper than Woods – and the Rams are always in that late game because they play on the West Coast. I think just like having that swap in the back of your mind based on how the mornings go. Is- but why would we, why would you say that Woods has a demonstrably lower ceiling? Because I like I mean if you want, if you actually want to get to the heart of it, it's that I think Cooks is better. So I think Cooks every week. I think even if even if Woods has a better target projection, I think Cooks is a more efficient and better player. And also the fact that he's so fast opens him up to like eighty yard touchdowns that I don't think Woods has in him. Yeah, I mean, Woods was only like eight percent owned in cash. Wait, actually? Yeah, he was seven point eight percent owned. Do you I think bet- a lot? Do you think a lot of people swapped off of him? Or no, I just don't think Woods ended up being as chalky with 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 Cup and Cooks being healthy. And that's why I thought the swap was weird because I was like, you're taking a lower EV, like from a projection standpoint, you're taking a worse projected play for the hope of an ownership thing when I actually think that Cooks and, and Woods were probably a wash. From I ownership. mean, not even, not even ownership. I didn't make it based on ownership though. Like that was part of it, but really I was making it because I, I needed ceiling. And I, I, think it's, I think it is undoubtedly true that Cooks has the highest ceiling of any Rams pass catcher. Like, I think Cooks has already even outscored Woods a bunch of times this year. Like, Woods has, okay, so Woods has one 36-point game, uh, but then only two other games over 20, whereas Cooks has, let's just, like, just results-based. So Cooks has the the huge game today, a 28-point and a 25-point. Yeah, so maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I think, uh, yeah, I mean... I get like from a from a per play standpoint, yeah. Yeah, I'm right. I'm basically just saying like looking at these two football players and if, if they each got one target, who do I think has a better chance to break that's the play? And, and that's basically. Because, but if you're asking me over a game where there's supposed to be seventy something or sixty something plays, like I'm gonna give that. But uh, when you're but feeling. but Nate, when you're already in a spot where you're drawing thin, sometimes that's like the pinpoint that you need your brain like needs to make the decision like because you know you like and also I was projecting Woods for more ownership than that like I thought Woods would be more like 25 like like 15 to 20 percent yeah the Woods thing actually just killed me I mean Woods ending up at 12.5 at 7k where like literally Marvin Jones outscored him for like 1500 less at three times the ownership the Woods thing killed me I didn't realize Woods I mean Woods being 7.8% owned and putting up a dud like that yeah. makes up my five-point bubble in cash games. Yeah. And then uh, – oh, and then obviously the other part of the swap was Michael Thomas over Alvin Kamara, which on DK, I mean, I think I think is, like, defendable. Yeah. I ended up – I had Thomas over Kamara all week because Thomas, man – what Thomas is doing right now is like unheard of. There he's, just, is, he's just converting every target he gets. I mean, I literally am somebody who, you know, I, I, I mean, I look at this stuff all of the time. And so when I see numbers that are like, when I see his completion or his uh, catch percentage, what it is, I'm like, okay, my projections have to be broken. There's no way I can project this that high. And I run it and I do a thousand different samples and I'm like, nope, this is true. Like, this is actually what I can project like within the 
uh, within the variance that we've seen this year, and I can actually project his his catch percentage this high at a decent a dot. It's not like this dude's running Jarvis Landry routes, you know? Right. And that's, I mean, yeah, Michael Thomas is an absolute freak. And he did the Joe Horn touchdown celebration too. Yeah, his a dot this week was. 8.27 at an 80% catch rate. I'm 15 targets. I, there's, I've I'm never so, seen anything I'm so, like this. I'm so salty that the Rams did not cover slash win this game because I had him. I had them in like all my picks pools, and I liked, I thought it was a lock. I was like, the Rams aren't going to lose. His catch percentage this year is 88.61% on almost 80 targets. Yeah, this that's, is insane. That's really insane. We've never seen anything like – I mean, this is insane. No. This is running back, like, behind the line of scrimmage type catch rates. Yeah, except, like, as a real player. Except he's getting um, eight yards down the field. So, I mean, I guess the main thing I learned today was don't play Adrian Peterson in your cash games on DraftKings.com, a site that awards a point per reception to running backs. I mean, what was Sammy doing? I don't, I mean, he was on vacation. He was drinking. Like, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I can't abide. He went full egregious. At least he got somebody with guaranteed volume in that second spot. Oh, wait, no, he played Mark Ingram. Whereas what I learned is if you're going to swap, always make the swap that makes your lineup 35 points better than the alternative. You should. And then definitely... claim that the one player has a significantly higher ceiling. I stand by that. You you did not say any you did not say anything to dissuade me from the argument. Okay. Also, we've seen them play we've seen them play what nine games as as Rams. I think I think next year at this time, I think you will probably feel more similarly to me. Because it also makes sense on how they're used. Like Cooks is Cooks just gets further down the field. What are you talking about? I don't know that could be made up. I mean, I don't think you're. Let me pull up. What actually is their A dots? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I made this decision based off like total faulty narratives. I, think I guess. I, I guess my thing is, is I just think Cooks is better than Woods. Like at that's the fair. end. At the end of the day, that's really what it is. I just think he's a better wide receiver than Robert Woods. Yeah, I mean, Woods has. 11.58 okay yeah cooks has been running deeper routes uh it just makes sense given like their body types but again i could be making it up no i mean i get it the speed of cooks and like the per play but it's just when you when you factor in like targets and the amount of the amount of volume in this game specifically with what started off as almost a, what was the over under this week 60 yeah it got down to like 57 five way by lock didn't so, it come uh, yeah, I think it came down a little bit. I don't have the I don't have the spreadsheet pulled up right now. Let me pull it up. Yeah, it went down to fifty six and a half. Yeah, by the end of it, the Carolina game was fifty five, and the LA game was fifty six and a half. The fact that more people didn't go with Ryan Fitzpatrick is unbelievable to me. You want to know a bet he I made? One point five. Yeah. What? The get okay. First of all, do, close your Vegas tabs right now. What do you think the Bills Bears over under was? Forty-one. Nate, I and thought this line was a joke. It was thirty-seven. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Wow. 
Like, I don't know. Maybe I got a good line it, it, because it was like a weird time of Let day. Pull it, up. it was 38 and a half. Wow. I did not realize it was. So I, I had, I had the over on, I, maybe it was yeah. 37 and a half when I bet it. I don't even remember, but I remember at halftime being like, this is over. Like, yeah, that's a terrible line. I mean, Nathan, Nathan Peterman gives 14 points. The other team starts out 14. Oh, so yeah. really all you need from the bills, if the line is going to be under 40, when Peterman is starting, you need the bills to get nine or 10. You need that. You need them to get to ten, basically, and then and then it's a lock. Yeah, Penny it closed at thirty-eight and a half with juice on the under to the game total. Yeah, so this is just some professional betting advice from me. Is if the Bills and Nathan Peterman are involved in a game where the total is under forty, the over is a lock because Peterman will either throw two pick sixes or he will give field position away inside the red zone like multiple times. So there's some there's some sharp tip. Also, speaking of horrible football games, Nate, do you know what the showdown is on Monday night on DK? Uh, yeah, I do actually. These prices Corey, Corey are Davis, Deion Lewis. These prices are crazy. What do you have you looked at the salaries? No, I haven't looked at anything. What do you think? What do you think is what do you think is a fair price for Dude, Dak? You, I, you can't know. I mean, showdown slates are always crazy slate. Crazy. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you a couple hints, and then I will ask you to tell me what you think Dak Prescott's salary would be. Okay. Okay. All, go. Right. All right, Zeke. I'll even. I'll kind of give it away. Zeke is thirteen k. Dion Lewis is seven point two. Cole Beasley is six point eight. The Dallas Cowboys defense is 5.8. <laughs> That's insane. What do you I think? Don't... What do you think Dak's salary is? 11. 11 on the nose. Isn't that is crazy? It? Yeah. Is 11 it 11 on the nose? I was just guessing in between. I, I am like 0% to have. Well, I shouldn't say that. I really don't think. I think I'll be going zero quarterback lineups in this slate. I mean, again, I think that's a mistake. We've talked about this enough on Showdown. I think that's a mistake. Well, you think you always want one, but I don't. I don't. I do not. I do. I definitely do not agree with double quarterback always. I wouldn't say always, but I mean, I think that like Brady, Brady Showdown slates. You just fade, just fade Brady every time. His salary is never. He never gets there. Yeah, I would say from like an optimal perspective, though, when you look at like over a well, large. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like making 10 GVP lineups. Okay, that's fair. But I'm saying if you're going to play showdowns every week, I think it's important that to have an adequate this, quarterback. This coach. slate could that's be That's why like, I ended up smashing on Thursday this week when I had 100%. Uh, Nick Mullins? Uh, yeah, and, and people had him at like, and I was like, what are you guys thinking? He has the highest floor. Yeah. He, quarterback just starts with the highest 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 accessible floor and a highest accessible ceiling of any position on the on the map and this no 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 the thing you're wrong about is they five don't, point they don't what? have the highest ceiling the wide receivers have the best ceiling on DraftKings. not in a 30 whatever that game total was i mean okay, okay. what i what accessible i accessible ceiling like chance of hitting their ceiling you know this is neither here nor there, but you know what I did on that Thursday slate? You didn't jam in 100% like I did. I, did, I didn't. I went 50% uh, Mullins and Captain. So you're only a 50% fish. But then I went 50% Raiders D and Captain and the other 50%. And I was just like, one of these two outcomes has to be good. And it was. I made money. But what, what I locked Brita into all the Mullins lineups, so that wasn't great. 
Yeah. Do you do you build these by hand or do you use the do you use your tools? Um, I mean, uh, I'll I'll build them like with setting specific like rules and stuff like that. So I'll I'll pick like a couple guys that I want and then I'll say okay. So I'll, if I use this quarterback, I want these two wide receivers, and then if I want this guy, I'll exclude this defense or whatever. Yeah, that like that. that would be a good hint for me to tell people using lineup builders for showdown. Like you have to set. Well, you just you, you got to you got to exclude guys you don't want. Like you need yes. to ex- like every Patriots slate. Like you need to exclude Dwayne Allen. You need to exclude James Devlin. You need to exclude Chris Hogan. Like you got to just get rid of those guys with like decent median projections who you just don't want. And showdown, like I don't do this a lot to give you credit, but like showdown is stuff that Davis is actually really good at because you create a narrative of like how could this game play out. You you and have to. How, you need to build like your lineups like you're telling a story of like okay. If I'm going to put Tom Brady in captain, what works out where this works out? Right. And then you need to build a lineup around that. And then you need to look at the next lineup and go, okay, if I put this guy as captain, what like – and when you do that, each lineup has an individual like ceiling that is different than you're just going to get with projections. Right. Like I build some really bad showdown lineups, and I talk about this on – because I do these showdown analysis on the Patreon for the TakeCast, but – like I build some really bad showdown lineups based on, okay, well, what would happen if this team is down 30 the whole game? And then, you know, it never happens. But like, also I like That's to, where you got to go with the backup quarterback. Always got to have, don't, don't have the backup quarterback, but like, for example, like I think for Monday night, I think you could go with, well, what happens if, if uh, Cooper is just horrible? Well then, then Cole Beasley's probably underpriced. If 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 Cooper's just not ready to go, if they only have him in on sub packages, then you should just have like a bunch of Cole Beasley because he's underpriced on this slate by a thousand dollars. Like I think that's like an example of a way you should start thinking about showdown slates. Which and like which gives you an edge because most people doing these are not doing that. They're just either they're hand making them with like no correlation or they're running them with a lineup builder without a correlation. I think it's sharp. Boom. I think that's sharp. All right, man. Uh, hey, this was fun. Sammy, if you're listening, thank you're you for providing, yeah, thank you for providing us with entertainment with your 117 points this it, week. It did wow. make me better, even though I didn't smash this week to know that I, Sammy was a fish. Yeah. No, it, like when I thought I was losing everything, like it felt good to know. Like, well, At Sammy, least I didn't play Adrian Peterson. Anytime. Like, see, Sammy can't even swap because his like one hope was like Mark Ingram having four touchdowns. <laughs> There's nobody who slept him. It was, it was insane. Yeah. All right. I'm just going to tilt my Robert Woods five for nine, like 70 yards. Like, that's tilting. Oh. We'll leave you with that, everyone. Good luck next week. <laughs>